On this week's episode, we go to Shell City, get the crown, save the town, and Mr. Krabs with the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Is a sandwich road legal? Is liking SpongeBob just a vibe? And are sea creatures immortal? Find out now you're listening to the 150th episode of 24 Flames Per Second. All right, everybody, welcome to 24 Flames Per Second, the podcast that roasts the films we love the most, and this is Everybody, oh, Robert Spiewak, your host as always, and welcome to our 150th episode, everybody, our sesquicentennial episode, and um, everybody, it's very excited, we're very excited to be here, very excited for those of you that have been listening every single episode, which I know some people have, um, but uh, for the rest of you, if this is your first episode, it should be a good one, if this is anywhere in between 1 and 150, thanks for joining us. Um, we're very excited to be here. And as for those of you that are fluent in SpongeBob, uh, my opening was uh, from the uh, Krusty Krab instructional video episode. And uh, that is because to celebrate 150th and um, SpongeBob SquarePants Sponge on the run that was supposed to, maybe still coming out this week. We don't know. Uh, we are looking at the uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie from 2004, everybody, um, which was the uh, big screen debut of everybody's favorite anthropomorphic sponge and so uh everybody it's um it's great to have you here um and uh we're we're, uh we're excited we're excited there's not much more fanfare other than that intro for this episode with the 150 thing but um we're getting close to the end of our third season as well which is very exciting um we've only got you know a month and change left uh before we uh just dive on keep the ship a sailing into into season four and uh, that's also just super exciting for us. And so, yeah, thank you so much for uh, for listening. And we're gonna we're gonna jump right into things here. And yeah, I don't I don't have much more else to say um, other than um, nothing. Other than nothing, I have nothing else to say. So everybody, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for your support, your listenership, your everything. Thanks for your everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, all that, all that being said, all that out of the way, um, let's, uh, turn it, introduce, uh, our co-host this week across the city from me, the Sandy Cheeks to my Larry, the lobster, Chris Pepper Hambrick. Hey, how's it going? I did not understand that reference. Which one? Larry, the lobster? Uh, yeah. Or any of it. Or any of it. Any of it. That's probably fine. That's okay. Um, I mean, I, I, we, I know that, uh. I just your... thought I just thought it would be useful for you and our listeners to know where I'm coming from with this whole, uh, this whole fandom. You're here against your will. We know. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm here. I'm canon blind. Mm. I don't know what that means. So it means now... that I'm unfamiliar with this work. Okay, great. 
Um, that's just fine. You, I think you'll co-host it just as good as the next one that would have. Um, and so, but yeah, anyways, it's good, great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I th- I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. Did, did you watch the movie this week? I did. Okay. Um, um, so, yeah. I was going to say, go ahead. What do you know about it? <laughs> well, what I know about it is that, um, as you mentioned, it came out in 2004. Um, and it was meant to be the finale to the cartoon, which had begun in uh, May. Actually, May 1st, my birthday of, two, of 1999. Wow. Um, and uh, and uh, Hillenberg, Stephen Hillenberg, the show creator, thought it would be a nice kind of big bang at the end of of the show. But mm-hmm. um, Nickelodeon wanted to continue it because it was very, very successful. And right. so um, instead of ending the show, they basically he took some time, did the movie, um, did the best, you know, the job that he wanted to do. And then he actually stepped back as the showrunner. So mm-hmm. even though he continued to be involved, like as executive producer, and he still had kind of like final say over the episodes, um, this was like his list, sort of last last hurrah, which I thought was really That's interesting great. because he intended for it to end. Yeah, and I always had, the, had the vibes of like a series finale, but um, but I didn't uh, yeah. know that that was maybe what it was planned was. And then they kind of were like, no, we like money still. We still like money. Yes. It's a real, it's a real Mr. Krabs move, Nickelodeon. Exactly. Um, but uh, but but yeah, cool. Um, also, rest in peace, Stephen Hillenberg. Um, yeah. as of, I think it was either last year or the year before. So one or two years now. Um, but uh, but but yeah, um, still in still in our hearts. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but very. I mean, was that? I don't know if you had anything else, but either still, that's nope. good stuff. That, okay. that was it. Right on. Um, well, very good. Thank you. Um, so I think with that. Um, we're going to jump into our uh, our panels this week, starting with our roasters. Um, and first up, uh, we got stand-up comedian and host of Leafly's The Roll-Up podcast, Alyssa Yeoman. Hello. Oh, I meant to say, you can also find you can find you on Alyssa, at Alyssa Yo on social media. <laughs> yeah, you can find me there. That is <laughs> the only place I will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, it's great to have you here. How are you doing? Yeah, um, I'm good. I've been wondering all day what the taste of a crabby patty is right yeah um, my biggest concern but there's a great um it's a great video uh from binging with babish on youtube where he makes a crabby patty um i think he makes the deep fried one that bubble bass orders in the one episode i don't remember he makes a couple variations but um it's uh pretty buck wild Ooh, it looks nice. good um but anyways it's, it's great to have you here thank you for being here. Yeah, good to be here um and our other roaster this week video game journalist and horror expert you can find her on social media at skaty b katie bennett hi hello how are you doing i'm i'm doing well uh i i have been wondering what a crabby patty tastes like my entire life so yeah. i'm glad we're gonna really find out today we're really gonna dig into it and yeah. figure out hey, what's man. in there you know it's the newest thing in podcasting it's tastes pod tasting um taste of sound and the flavor <laughs> yes this flavor goes through your ears um but uh but yeah no um i think uh i i can't I, i'll say it now i can't promise everybody that we, they will know the taste of a crabby patty by the end of the episode just full disclaimer mm-hmm. i'm gonna um, know i'm gonna know <laughs> <laughs> um regardless uh it's good to have you thank you for being here thank you 
And on the defense this week, <clears throat> hang on. Whoa, misread my whole thing. Um, actor and designer. You can find him on social media at AK a day. Quasi Phillips. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? It's good. How are you, my you friend? Did, you killed it with the intro. I love that. <laughs> I think I had to truncate it from the actual episode. I think a you bit. did. I think you did. It, it <laughs> because it's like very two long and a half minutes long. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, how are you doing? 150 episodes, man. This is crazy. Right. I love That's it. That's right. I'm so happy. Yeah. This is fantastic, and we're 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 doing a great we're doing a great one today. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I hope you can uh, you can put your money where your mouth is. Um, your grocery's about to get smoked. That's all I'm saying. We will, we will see. Um, <clears throat> we shall see. Um, but uh, anyways, Kwesi, thank you for being here. And you know how this no goes. Problem. After 150 episodes, you know. Uh, we start a movie in a minute. Give us the full plot synopsis of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. All Spoilers right. and all. Whew. And we'll give you 60 seconds and a three count. How do you feel? Are you ready? I think so. I think I can do this. Here we go. Okay. Um, Well, here we go. In three, two, one, go. SpongeBob SquarePants is a fry cook in Bikini Bottom, and his uh, the manager of the restaurant he works at, the Krusty Krab, opens a new restaurant, the Krusty Krab Two. He wants to be the manager, but Mr. Krabs, the owner, gives it to Squidward, and much to much to SpongeBob's chagrin, so he goes and gets drunk with his best friend Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart, uh, Patrick, who um, and and when the, and during this time, Plankton hatches the evil plan, Plan Z, to kid uh, to steal the crown of King Neptune. Uh, in order to uh, trigger chain events, King Neptune blames uh, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob to save Mr. Krabs. And the help of King Neptune's daughter Mindy goes on the journey to Shell City to get the crown back. He encounters a lot of uh, adventures and monsters who he befriends. And in the meantime, to stop him, Plankton uh, hires the help of Dennis, an assassin, to go and kill him. They make it to Shell City, but the Cyclops that guards the gu- guards them kidnaps them and drives them out. But he takes them to their home and. After a weird chain of events and a very sad scene, the tear of their friendship saves the day. They get the crown back. And and you're out of time. Oh, 150th. You're out of time. Um, But, I mean, you're in the third act. That's not bad at all. (laughs) Oh, Um, Colin Patrick Stewart is probably what messed me up. (laughs) I mean, you lost three seconds on that. but uh, but yeah, okay. Let's uh, let me see. We're we're at the end where they now he said they have the crown. Um, the the final part of Plan Z was the these bucket helmets that um, Plankton is giving out to the people coming to buy Krabby Patties from uh, from his restaurant. The Chum Bucket uh, are secret mind control devices, which he tries to get one on King Neptune as well. Um, they've got the crown. SpongeBob and Patrick uh, accidentally waste the bag of wind that will zip them back to Bikini Bottom from uh, from Mindy. And so who's here to help David Hasselhoff uh, playing himself? And (laughs) so he acts as a jet ski for them to ride on out to the middle of the ocean. Um, And uh, Dennis shows up um, also. Um, He zips out on the water on the Cyclops boot that smeared him before. Um, and tries to um, also stop and kill Patrick and SpongeBob again. He gets um, clotheslined on a, a catamaran as they're going, um, and so he's out of the picture. And so David Hasselhoff, David Hasselhoff gets him out in the middle of the ocean um, and then unhinges his pecs and 
<laughs> Pressure shoots SpongeBob and Patrick with the crown down into the Krusty Krab, um, and they get there pretty much just in time to stop King Neptune. Um, at which point, you know, the bucket helmet activates on King Neptune, and everyone's closing in. And pa- uh, SpongeBob has a, makes a realization that, uh, you know, it, just because he doesn't act as an in quotes adult, just like everybody else, doesn't mean that he's not. Uh, powerful and responsible and capable in his own right. And he uh, sings a parody of I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister. Um, That's the Goofy Goober Rock. And he plays a guitar that laser blasts all the helmets off of everybody. Um, And then they all kind of uh, close in on Plankton and he gets arrested. He gets taken to the, um, uh, it's the Institute for the Criminally Small. And he's out of the picture. And uh, because of all these events, SpongeBob is then given the role of manager for the Krusty Krab 2 credits roll. And that's the movie. Boom. Um, and so, yeah, not bad. Um, and so, great. Yeah, we're going to... Um, good job, Quasi. Um, we're going to get your opening statements. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do that. And so, everybody, uh, stay tuned for the rest of our 150th episode. We will be right back. Are you a young filmmaker looking to gain more exposure for your work? Submit your film to the 14th Annual National Film Festival for Talented Youth, or NIFTY, happening this fall. Meet other emerging filmmakers and creatives and screen your film to an international audience. You could even find yourself featured on a future episode of the NIFTY podcast. Submissions are open now, so head to nffty.org submit today. back everybody welcome back to the 150th episode of 24 flames per second we're talking about the spongebob squarepants movie from 2004 quasi phillips right before the break um you made it to shell city to get the crown and save the day um but no further um you did what spongebob you didn't do what spongebob and patrick could so now let's get your uh, let's get your opening statements okay. why are you here defending the spongebob squarepants movie uh, it's actually super interesting, uh, Pepper. I didn't know that that was supposed. The movie was supposed to be like kind of like the send off. But now that I know that, it it kind of makes sense knowing what like how the show changed afterwards and everything. Well, so I'm I've been a fan of this show since I was I was little, and it's been a very defining part of my kind of my comedic insight. Honestly, like I just. I've identified so much with this movie, uh, with this uh, show, and these, and and uh, and SpongeBob in general. It's been a huge part of my life. So going back and watch this movie again because I watched it countless times when I was a kid. It's just a just a ride of nostalgia and fun. I think it enca- it encapsulated so much of what made the show so good, and it took it to another level of sc- of scale with uh, the characters and the plot and introducing even introducing new characters that weren't necessarily in the show, but still made it feel like they were just a part of the world. And he, uh, I think that's, uh, it was just so well done. Um, it's, it's funny from start to finish. The visual gags do not stop from, from the jump and it's fantastic to watch. And it, yeah, it just hits all the, all the, all the right spots of charm and silliness um, with a little bit of heart, and I think that having having them uh, kind of really expand on the silliness in this movie uh, in a in a way that they really haven't they didn't in the in the show um, may exist to like how well it works because if you're able to do that with how silly the show is in general and still be able to have you know 
have a movie that works really well, has some great, great, great sequences and great character moments and just ex- establishing what I would argue is one of the best friendships in cartoons uh, between SpongeBob and Patrick. Um, I think that this movie just, it, it, it still, it still slaps. It's just, it's still as good as it was. And it works now as, as, as it does now. And especially now, because we need something like this, something so absurd and silly and charming and kind in, the, in this wild world we live in. I think that this is, it still works in 2020. All right. Well, um, in turning it over to the roasters, um, you know, we talked a lot about about the characters. I know there are some notes um, about uh, the way SpongeBob is in the movie. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to go first. Um, we talked about SpongeBob has any boundaries, Alyssa. I think that was one of your notes. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. In rewatching this movie, I kind of I hadn't seen it in a long time. I also saw it when I was a kid and I realized like in the first scene, even he goes over to interrupt Squidward while he's in a shower just to kind of like talk about himself um, and talk about being a manager. I feel like SpongeBob is a little bit of, you can tell a generation grew up on him because he's both a perfectionist and self-absorbed. And he's like, this manager thing is like the most important thing in my life um, while still apparently being a kid. Um I also felt like whenever I watched it this time versus watching it when I was younger, I noticed a lot of the like animation really didn't hold up for me. And some of that like into the real world and coming out um, wasn't good. And I just thought it was weird that you're either a kid or you're a man. Um, So I think that was maybe just like the early aughts, the naughty oddies. And so some of that felt a little bit (laughs) archaic um, upon rewatching it now. So yeah, Katie, go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, I think just just talking about characters in general, um, I think one of my big complaints, um, which I actually forgot to mention before we started recording, but where the hell is Sandy? She's in this movie for like two seconds, and she's one of the best characters in the show. And so I was a little personally frustrated that they didn't use her uh, as much as they should have. <laughs> yeah, not to and not to add fuel to the fire, but we introduce a new King Neptune that was not canon, also in the movie. Um, that was something that I, re- I remembered when oh, I was right. watching this too. Not to not to pile on, Quasi, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. well, I, it it still works though. Like even though he's a new character, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like oh, okay, yeah, this is something that would be a part of that world for sure. He's a very silly ruler with a kind of kind of the extreme of a ruler, and then you have his daughter Mindy being the the kind vessel um, to help SpongeBob and to give him as much as a ch- much of a chance as he could to uh to save the day because she knows that she wants to change the way king neptune rules and be a kind ruler and in order to do that she needs to establish it now with with and she sees spongebob as a chance to do that so i think that she's a great character to introduce and i love sandy cheeks and i know that i would love to see more of the the classic spongebob characters more squidward more of everything but i think for the story that they were trying to tell with this, they were focusing on the main friendship of Patrick and SpongeBob, which we all love, and using that to tell this really fun adventure story. And I think that that was a great chance, um, a great uh, direction that they took um, in order to just kind of tell this great story. Hmm, Katie. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, introducing new characters, I don't really have a problem with um, that particular storyline, like, is fine with me. Um, and I can honestly let go of the of the Sandy Cheek stuff. I just personally really love that character. Um, but I think kind of what I'm getting at is a, is a symptom of what I think is the, the, my main issue with this movie is that it feels like it is a, um, it's like a shift in tone from what I perceive the, the television show to be. So, uh, Kwesi, like you, um, and I know like Robert too, like I, I am a lifelong fan of this show, I've grown up watching it. I think there are SpongeBob references just like buried into my brain, into my subconscious. <laughs> um, Robert, and yeah. so, so, you know, I, I really love these characters and I love uh, what the show does, but I feel like there's just something about this movie that it just feels different. It's almost like it has a bit of an edge. It's like a little bit edgier. So like some of the jokes are a little bit more risque and they, you know, they, mm. they you know, they get drunk, but it's actually just ice cream, but it's like clearly that they're, you know, wasted. And there's like a centerfold joke with Plankton at one point. And then like right. Patrick is like, would you like to see my underwear? Like at one point. And it's just like, I don't know, something about that to me, it kind of takes away from, what I perceive to be um, like the blissful ignorance of the show, um, just innocence. And yeah, so for that, I feel like maybe they were just like trying to make things a little bit bigger, a little bit edgier for Hollywood, um, but it didn't really land for me. Oh, oh sure. Go ahead. Hey, sorry. Yeah, I wanted to piggyback off that. Um, I totally agree. I think they were kind of trying to rely on like what were other funny movies at the time. So I feel like what I did like about Spongebob, it was kind of like, they created that whole world. All the humor was like so inside. And then in this movie, we were seeing like those references to Zoolander or to Rocky Horror Picture Show. And this, that kind of like crude humor that was like, I think the kids who watched this in what, 99 or something would like this now in 2004 because they're watching American Pie. And I felt like that felt a little forced. What was the what was the Zoolander reference? I think I missed it. Oh, so um, the Zoolander reference is whenever he thinks he's about to be manager. Uh huh. And they announce that it's Squidworth, and SpongeBob is like, "I got this. I'm the manager." And he goes up to accept the reward because oh. that's how Zoolander starts. Is like right, 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 right. Yeah, right. and um, which is a big like moment in the movie, but I thought it was kind of strange to make that like a comedic reference to something else that was just. It felt like it was just trying to be that combination of like spoof movie and here's like nasty humor and um, not as playful as SpongeBob usually is. I feel like that's a bit of a deep cut though, because it's if because for me it's it's so SpongeBob to just be like in my head I got the job. Scooter doesn't even care about this job. I got the job, so I'm just gonna celebrate and do what do what I wanted to do since I've been dreaming about this for for months. I assume. And then having that little bit moment with Mr. Krabs and just like saying whatever he was thinking into the microphone. I think that that's, that's classic. I think that's totally what SpongeBob would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of what I hear you guys talking about is like all of you are people who grew up on the, on the show and are kind of trying to analyze its jump to the big screen. And a lot of shows try to do that. Um, and with, with varying success, of course, I think it's like kind of even like a cliche. Um, so how do you, all of you think this fits into that tradition of, 
um, you know, the small screen or the, you know, the leap from small screen animation to big screen. Um, does this, is this like, as an example of that, where does this play and, and, and where did they go right and wrong in that translation? Because I feel like that gets at a lot of what you guys are talking about. Kwesi, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think the the Roasters made a great point about kind of the stretch that movies take towards um, um, when they go from uh, a television show to the big screen. I think that there was definitely tonal shifts for sure. Um, I think that they work though. That they, I think that that even though yes, they are these strange tonal shifts. I think that with the way that we when we were in uh, at this age, I think that it's still where the level of jokes where we were starting to understand it and starting to get it. And so now that we're older, we can look back on it and laugh because now we see those jokes happening. Um, but, and, and I think that it also is a, it's a note to the fact that at this point in time, I think anime movies are starting to show that they can have a little bit more for an older crowd. And it's something that continued from, from Pixar and jumped to a, a lot of different, a lot of other movies. Um, I think SpongeBob was uh, no exception. So I think even though when it comes to the canon of, uh, comes to the idea of what happens when movies shift from um, small screen to big screen, it it, it bothers, it, it's bothersome when the tone shifts and you start to lose um, some things that the characters would do. And also you, you lose the other characters in the shows that you like. Um, and that, then that, that is a problem when you're, when you're writing the story for, uh, for people who are watching the show for uh, several years. Um, but then it also works if you have a chance to kind of take more risks. Hmm. Katie, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think a, a TV show that's trying to make the jump to film is always going to struggle, uh, especially with like a kid's show because being played on Nickelodeon um, in the, in the time before video on demand uh it, you basically had a built-in audience. If there was a kid home during the time that you were playing it, you were like almost guaranteed a certain a certain audience every time you aired an episode. Whereas with a movie, you know, you're not guaranteed that people are gonna go all the way to the movie theater and pay a ticket to watch. So I totally understand wanting to make things flashier, bigger, more exciting uh, to 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 convince people to come in. Um, and I also understand putting in jokes that might go over the head of the child uh, to uh, to appeal to the adult that's inevitably being dragged to the theater with them uh, to take them to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have a problem with that in general, but I feel like this movie maybe it couldn't really find its footing because it was trying to do all of that at once. Um, so I feel like all of these like kind of adult risque jokes peppered in with these like random pop culture references. I feel like it's like they weren't quite funny enough that the adults would really care. And then the kids, it just is going to sail over their heads. So they're not going to care. So like for my personal experience, this movie was completely forgettable to me as a child to the point where I'd like forgot about it until just now when I rewatched it like earlier today. <laughs> so, um, so in that, in that respect, I think maybe it, it, it missed the mark a little by not really landing, uh, finding its audience, I think. Yeah. Kwesi. No, I think I, I, I remember that ending sequence as for me, arguably best ending sequence put to children's cinema. I'll say it. 
I'll say it because it was I watched that so many times. I had never heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show, but seeing Patrick in them legs, I couldn't stop laughing. And like all the different visual gags that happened during that sequence when Plankton was like, his chops are too righteous. I, I lost my shit. It was so good. And so I think that like it, <laughs> they, they had a chance to like really do something to like send off the show with, with those moments and make it something that the people who, for the kids who like the show could come back and, and watch it and have fun. So I, and so for me, I, I think that I was at that level of just, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I was real, real silly. And so I, I think I identify with SpongeBob on a, on a different, on a deeper level, I think, um, in terms of like that silliness and, and owning it. And I think that having that message as being, as being the main crux of the movie of embrace the fact that you're silly, because even, even if you um, are a goofball, you can still do great things. Changed my life. Alyssa. Yeah, um, I just want to go back. Like, thinking about it as a send-off movie, um, if this were the last, I think that even makes it harder for me, um, its transition uh, to being a film, because they didn't use some of those classic characters like we talked about earlier. And although it was focused on their friendship, it was like, at this point, anybody who had been with the show was really dedicated to, like, Bikini Bottom, like, the community. And I feel like they could have shown a little bit of that if it was like this is the last time you're gonna have this like spongebob experience um yeah katie yeah now that you mentioned that i'm kind of realizing that we don't really spend any time in bikini bottom at all other than specifically looking at like the chum bucket and the crusty crab um so it would have been nice like like you said Alyssa, if this truly was supposed to be a send-off like i'm wondering how soon during the production process did they realize that Nickelodeon was going to like try to milk 10 more freaking seasons out of them? Because to me, it doesn't feel like a send off. It feels like a SpongeBob party and it's definitely mm-hmm. like a celebration of SpongeBob and Patrick and their friendship. But you're right. Like I would expect to see Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy and like all these other like side characters like come in and make an appearance at the end. And I mean, even Gary like only has like, two parts in the whole movie um so it's interesting that they chose to just kind of take them out of bikini bottom for this particular movie i think just because i did the background on this what hillenberg said um about it was that when if he's gonna make it a big screen movie he didn't want to make an extended spongebob episode because he didn't think that that would serve the medium and so he decided to make it bigger and do something that you couldn't do on the smaller screen and you can't do a road movie in 22 minutes, right? <laughs> um, so I think that's that was what was behind that decision. Um, so when, when, I, when I say send off, it was more like, I think he felt he was done with the material, maybe not necessarily that he was creating um, a big send off like of the of bikini bottom and the show itself got it Mm. yeah Um, melissa yeah yeah i was gonna say that's funny you say that because to me it just felt like one long kind of bad episode like yeah you know what i mean versus because it didn't have any of those like tie-ins or as much so um yeah that's interesting (laughs) yeah i'm like thinking about that perspective but yeah right um but it just kind of felt like that and you're like okay well this is it. He becomes manager. So, yeah. Yeah. Quasi thoughts. I, mean, I feel like I, 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 you're, I feel like if they, if this was going to be, um, uh, 
a good a send-off, but it turned out not to be. I would have liked to have seen some of the things kind of last over. I don't know if... I, I don't honestly stop watching after a certain part of the uh, season just because it, it really it got way different. And um, I think I would have loved to see more of what they had introduced if it was something that they wanted to continue. So it, I think that I'm looking at it through the lens of this was I did not know that this was supposed to be a send off. I'm looking at it as like a big a big adventure for SpongeBob, and in that lens, for me, it's great. It's it's something that was it, it they took a, a big chance, and I think they I think they killed it. Mm. Katie, I um I also stopped watching this show after the first few seasons uh, because I I felt a very distinct tonal shift and right. it just didn't feel like the show that I was used to watching but I associate this movie with the beginning of that tonal shift I think that's when I first noticed it and I I mean I don't have like a vivid memory of the first time I saw Sponge the SpongeBob movie but I do kind of vaguely remember like going to see it in theaters being really excited and then leaving and just being like nah and then never watching it again and just only watching like the first few seasons because those were the best ones. Um, so while I appreciate and understand wanting to, you know, do something a little different for the big screen, um, I just I personally don't think that they that they nailed it. Hmm. Um, well, another point that we have here on our roster, I want to make sure we sneak in here right before we unmask is that, uh, you know, with a feature film comes a, a larger budget than on the normal show. And we talked about, you know, the technology, the mixing of live action and animation a little bit. So, um, I don't know, roasters, if anybody wants to jump off of that. Yeah, that felt a little bit rough to me rewatching it. Um, there were just times where like SpongeBob color changed and I wasn't like sure why I don't know if it was like he was in the sun and also just like it kind of took me out of like the world of Spongebob in a way and I think they had maybe done this in some episodes before the movie but it just felt so distinct and I found David Hasselhoff was just hard to watch I mean I knew it was like maybe the hot guy of that time but his whole like that whole like chess sequence and him like being there, I was just like, this feels about like 10 minutes longer than it needs to be. Um, yeah, so I just felt like that animation wasn't as good as I remember it. And it's so like jolting. Well, and David Hasselhoff was a hot guy of the 90s. So it, is... it was scary if you were a child Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> see that chest. Um, Katie, go ahead. Yeah, first off, uh, I didn't know who the hell David Hasselhoff was until I saw this movie. So it definitely was not for like that was not catered to, to me and people like my age. I don't think they expected us to know who the hell David Hasselhoff is. Um, but aside from that, you know, this is definitely a personal preference, but like unless it's who framed Roger Rabbit and maybe a select few other things, I don't love animation in real life combined um it just isn't it just aesthetically doesn't do it for me um that being said you know for 2004 i think some some of those effects were done well you know some were done not so well um but it, kind of adding to just like the the general tone like the feeling of the whole movie i think what adds to that is that they did change the animation slightly which a lot of animated shows do when they 
transition to to film um and i never like it (laughs) i never like it when they do it um so i think maybe that's something because like i don't know what they do it's like the colors are more saturated everything feels a little bit glossier the the shadows are more intense i don't know something about it 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 distinctly looks different from the show that i remember so i think that also just kind of adds to everything i've touched on it's like right. when a celebrity gets rich and you're like, why don't you look like you used to look when I loved you? <laughs> yeah. But you're like, yeah, I guess this means you're like successful or doing, you know, this is for you or whatever. SpongeBob on Botox for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, good for you. Get that check, SpongeBob. <laughs> no, I think I think you guys are right. The So I think for the scale of a movie that they're trying to do, you have to kind of bring in multiple animation teams. And when you do that, you have it, it, there's going to be inconsistencies in how the characters are drawn and, and animated um and that happens in almost every every animated movie um but with with this i think yeah you can definitely tell these moments where patrick does not look like patrick and spongebob does not look like spongebob and they i think they use facial animations and, and really exaggerated expressions to hide that a little bit and they're funny they're really funny when they do that and I think that that also kind of adds to the charm of the the wackiness and silliness of the movie, but you can definitely tell there are differences. And I think, but yeah, I and to Kay's point, the the way that they had done the animation and incorporating the elements, I thought was pretty well done for that for that time period. And as a matter of taste, I'm also not a huge fan of that. Um, but it, it, if you're if you know if you're trying to like incorporate that that thing and make the Cyclops monster like an actual like old fashioned um, type of um, marine biologist character. I think that it, 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 it's something that you kind of like, you know what? I'm on board with this. We've, we've gone this far. They've done like, you know, they've done like stepping and slapping to monsters in a, in a, in a trench. I think I'm on board with this, <laughs> you know? So uh, I think I, I, for me personally, I, I was like, I'm not a huge fan, but I thought it worked. And I think I also knew about David Hasselhoff in some capacity, just because of that Baywatch scene. But like, just <laughs> yeah. because of the running, I was like, oh, I, this is the guy who does the running. That's kind of all the context I knew. And he's a hero of some sort. So I'm like, okay, so he's the hero to help save the day. That's kind of like, okay. we just That's all the context we need. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> let, me, let me finish eating my popcorn and enjoy the rest of this movie. Um... All right, everybody. Uh, I think it's about time to uh, unbucket helmet ourselves. Um, let's talk about how we how we really feel, just like in the movie. Uh, Kwesi, why don't you go first? Yeah, no, no mask, dog. This was this is <laughs> my dream movie to defend. I I had so much fun rewatching it today. I, it, it was just like a blast of the past. I loved it. I like was rocking out to the goofy goober rock. I bought that song on iTunes. That was like one of the first songs I bought on iTunes when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I it's just I have so much fun watching this and any SpongeBob stuff and having all the memories come back. It was just a ride. I loved it. Nice, um, Katie. Um, so I love SpongeBob so much, but I honestly don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's 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 really truly nothing against the movie. Like I. You know, I I stand by uh, some of the things that I said specifically, like the tonal shift to me, like I still could just like, it just didn't feel the way I am used to SpongeBob feeling and that didn't really jive with me. Um, But, you know, in general, it's a fine movie. Um, It's well animated. It's 
funny. Like, I mean, I definitely was like laughing out loud at some parts still. Um, but it definitely like the middle just kind of really drags for me. And the whole like second half of the movie just kind of bored me in general. Um, so while I'm a big fan of SpongeBob and it feels weird to like super analyze and critique like a SpongeBob movie, because at the end of the day, it just is what it is. Um, I I'm going to have to say that I don't think I like it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Alyssa. You know, this is so hard for me because (laughs) (laughs) there was part of me watching it and I was like, I see no lies in this movie, SpongeBob forever. But now that I'm thinking about the fact that I, when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, this movie was the end of like my SpongeBob fandom. Because I didn't watch anything mm. after that. Like, I was really hardcore. I had, like, Spongebob sheets, pajamas Boom. decked out. But, um, yeah, so I was like, I think I like the movie, but it's also weird because I'm like, but I did stop watching Spongebob after it. So I think my feeling <laughs> is maybe a little bit neutral on it, so. Okay. And okay. I actually do like the Naughty Audie stuff because I've been going down, like, Naughty Audie movie memory lane in quarantine. <laughs> it's done. so some yeah. of those things were like really funny because they are just so specific to that time, which was such a weird time in comedy. We've done several. I have not yeah. heard that phrase before. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> oh, naughty oddies. Yeah, yeah, I oh, need to look into Carrie and Cream. Naughty oddies. Oh. <laughs> um, and now uh, maybe the opinion I'm most curious, Chris. Um. I think I'm about to be the most stereotypical grown-up I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Um, I don't get it. (laughs) I love that. Like, I did not grow up watching Spongebob. Spongebob came on the air, like, I'm always the old guy on this podcast, but um, I was already in college. I was still watching cartoons, and I still, to this day, do watch cartoons. This wasn't one of them. And watching it today pretty much without any knowledge of anything spongebob i was like are any of these characters likable am i supposed to relate to anyone is any of this funny like i (laughs) i just didn't get it it did not speak to me and i i apologize um because i'm i'm that guy Wow. Listen, I, it's it's. It, I understand the point because if you have never seen the show and you're like thrown into this movie, I can't like, what? The what the fuck are these pirates? Is there water? Oh. Or water? What are physics? This was the first time we've seen the pirates too. I did love the pirates. That was yeah. one of the parts of the movie where I actually laughed out loud when he, when he was like, oh, "I'd be the tear of the goofy goober." <laughs> Not to- I did like how the pirates were enjoying themselves and the movie. I did like that. Um, but yeah, I was just I was very consumed with like all of the questions that probably people watching the show like already have reconciled themselves to the fact that there's somehow liquid underwater. Like mm-hmm. yeah, and physics yeah, doesn't work. It's liquid and... mercury. We know about this, or n- liquid right, sure. hydrogen, or whatever <laughs> down there. Um, and that all sea life is reconstituted from death when you get it wet, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they're immortal. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like I was, I was just kind of baffled the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to uh, sound like a total zoomer, but I think SpongeBob is just a vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because 
<laughs> but I can't imagine jumping in right now and being like, none of this even relates. Or what yep. it, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think I would be remiss to say that I do like this movie, but <laughs> I acknowledge it's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I don't think I don't know I can't overstate I think how influential Spongebob is on me as a human Um, and so like I don't know I owe like so much to this property (laughs) yeah Um, my friendship with Quasi probably yeah I really need to get at this like in the extended play maybe because I need to explain it Oh yeah, I, oh, really? stuff. I, I can, get, can, can get to it. I could talk about SpongeBob for hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh but yeah, I mean there's I, I don't know if there's a lot I can really say that hasn't already been said, but like um the one thing I will say is that so there's a sound that SpongeBob and Patrick make when they rediscover the paddy wagon in the movie. <laughs> um and that sound is the end of our party fish media bumper. Uh, that you hear on every episode. <laughs> so when it goes, Party Fish Media, ah! that sound that I made <laughs> specifically from that, because it kind of, it's like a weird inside joke between me and Quasi and Will. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. This, it runs deep. It runs deep. SpongeBob just raised us. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really did. Happy Mother's Day to Spongebob. Seriously, <laughs> the, the only mom who really deserved yeah, to be seriously. Um, Spongebob was, has raised a clam before also. So Spongebob is a mother. Yes, he is a mother. Yeah, true. An adoptive mother. He's still a mother. <clears throat> um, okay. That all being said, I think uh, we'll wrap up this normal, regular episode. But as we mentioned, um, we're gonna keep talking on the extended play for this, everybody. It's just for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to get in on that and listen to more about SpongeBob or more about any of the movies we've talked over in the past, oh, um, I, I want to guess 120-ish episodes have an extended play on there. Maybe um, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash 24 Flames Pod um, and help support the show um, and get access to a whole bunch of stuff. We got drink-alongs, we got movie reviews, we got. Um, well, that's most of it, but it's all good stuff, um, especially in uh, in quarantine times. So um, I would say, yeah, go check it out. And if you've got thoughts on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, you can email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com, um, or you can find us on social media at 24flamespod. And wherever you listen to your podcasts, go and subscribe so you can get keep up to date with all of our new episodes that are coming out, because we're, we're, we're shooting for 300 now. Um, but uh, but yeah, you can also you know rate and review the show if you so choose to, um, whether that's you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Good Pods, leave a review, you know, share it out on Good Pods, um, uh, help more people find the show and uh, helps us make the show better. So um, yeah, other than that, um, this episode of Twenty Four Flames per Second, this hundred and fiftieth episode, is produced and hosted by me, Robert Spiewak, co-hosted by. Chris Pepper Hambrick panels this week on the roasting with Katie Bennett and Alyssa Yeoman and on the defense was Quasi Phillips. Our uh, show music was 
composed by Rob Joins and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And our network and co-op Party Fish Media is produced by me, Robert Spivak, Quasi Phillips, and Will Paulson. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, next week, we are talking about... Hold, please. I looked it up before the show and then I forgot. Um, Oh, next week to celebrate Wonder Woman 1984 that isn't coming out yet. We're doing Wonder Woman from 2017, um, everybody. And so, yeah, come back um, for that episode. Um, and we'll just uh, we'll just keep this train rolling, everybody. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll catch you either on the extended play or next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.